Welcome to Take Heart, where our goal is to offer encouragement and give hope and insight so you can flourish in your journey as a special needs mom. As we explore monthly themes and share inspiring stories and practical tips, our desire is for you to feel connected and encouraged. Hi, this is Sarah Klein. I'm here with Amy J. Brown and Carrie M. Holt. Thank you for joining us. Today is the third and final week of a special three-part series on therapy. Today's show is about our therapy expectations versus the reality. Last week, in part two, we talked about why moms don't go to counseling. And in the first week, we talked about how counseling can help. Before we get started, though, we want to state that we are not experts in therapy, nor are we licensed therapists. We believe in and have our own experiences with therapy. And the following podcast is advice only from our perspective as clients. One's mental health is as individual and unique as each person's. What works for one person may not work for the next. Finding what works for you is a personal journey often full of trial and error. Because we feel that mental health is so essential yet overlooked in the disability community, we have decided to take these three weeks and talk about our personal experiences with therapy in the hope that it may help in some way. And I'm not sure about anybody else, but as I discussed last week, when I started therapy after my son's diagnosis, I didn't know what to expect. I had no idea I really just had no idea what to expect. So it took me a long time to even go. It wasn't until I had every everything to lose, including my marriage and my sanity, when I thought, well, why not? I've tried everything else, so I might as well try this. So with that said, Amy and Carrie, one of you would like to answer this. Were you ever hesitant to go to therapy? And if so, did you avoid it or did you procrastinate going or were you excited? Maybe it was something that you just were willing to do from the very beginning. I know that it took me a really long time, um, probably over 20 years to, so I did, I did procrastinate going. And I think some of it was it, when you dive into your story And, you know, let's face it, like as parents, we all make mistakes and there's certain things that we've done to harm our kids and help our kids. But when you have such close ties to your family, sometimes I think it's hard to dive into your story without feeling like you're blaming. And one of the things that I have learned through listening to Adam Young and Dr. Allender, and I've mentioned them in the podcast the last couple of weeks, is that it is not blaming to name the harm mm-hmm. that's been done to you. And and that can come from anywhere. It can come from the church. It can come from family. It can come from people outside your family. But there is a place where you have to be willing to name what is the harm, what's the trauma that has happened to you throughout your life. And Dr. Allender talks about how the devil loves to take our trauma and twist it into something full of shame and and barriers and and then twist it into lies that we believe. And so I think that's painful. Mm-hmm. And that that's such a process of of dealing with your past and it can be difficult I think sometimes to deal with our stories with kindness and see our young selves as doing the best that they could in those situations. 
because they were going through something difficult. And as a child, we do fragmentation and all of these different coping mechanisms to get through different things. And so I, I think, yeah, it can be difficult. I just want to admit that I think that's one of the reasons why I procrastinated is because I knew that it was not going to be easy to dive into my own story and some of the barriers and, and the things that I've gone through just throughout my whole life. Not anything specific, but just through my whole life. Mm-hmm. Carrie, thank you so much for sharing that. It makes me think of um, how important it is to name your story. And and specifically, I want to talk to when your own children want to go to therapy. Um, yeah. I have, you know, six kids. All my kids have been in therapy recently. I had a conversation with one of them and he was looking He needed a book from his therapist. I think it was called What Happened to You? And I heard the title and immediately I was like, what have I done to this child? And then I remember, no, they lived in a traumatic house and they had death and they had the police at the door. They just had a lot of trauma in relationship to our life as special needs parents. And there's probably things that I'm sure there's things my husband and I did that weren't the best, but I I I want to be able, and it's not easy as a mom, so I'm just going to say this, to be able to open my hands and go, I want you to know you, regardless yeah. of how that makes me feel. Because um, I think there's shame there, like, oh, I could have done better. If my kids would need therapy if I had done better, handled this whole situation better. But I think that's just a lovely, uh, gentle invitation to say they're finding themselves, they're healing they're going. <laughs> so it's a really common feeling, I think, for moms when their kids go to therapy to be kind of freaked out about what they could have done wrong. Yeah. But it's it's done with kindness. And it's it's like I said, it's healing. And that's their story. And they're never going to look at it the way I looked at it. They just aren't. Yeah. And that's okay. And two kids in the same family right. are going to react differently mm-hmm. to different traumatic situations. And I was just listening recently to a podcast Adam Young was talking about parenting and he was talking about the biggest factor in relationships with your children is a willingness to repair. Right. And what that means is that you're willing to go to them and say, hey, I I messed up. You know, will you forgive me? And then be willing to ask questions of our kids and see them, be attuned to them, right? no matter what age they are. And a lot of times that is when they're adults going mm-hmm. to them and saying, you know what, I know I didn't handle the situation correctly. Or like you said, being willing to is just, it's going back to that lie that I talked about in the last podcast that we feel like if our kids are going to therapy, we have somehow failed. Right. And that is not true. It's not true. Right. right. Amen. Yeah. I think it's the opposite, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it it shows them that you're willing to be fallible. Like right. you're, yeah. you, they have every reason to trust the fact that you say it's okay to be imperfect. And I think it's showing them that it's okay that they can be imperfect mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that relationship. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's very hard. It's building yeah. the relationship, I think, with just... Being willing to be open and vulnerable. That honors them. And also, I would say another, uh, you know, one of the things I would say about expectations of therapy is it took me a long time to be honest. And I don't mean that I was lying, but I was just trying to put on my best front (laughs) because I just wanted solutions. So I think 
if you're out there and you haven't gone to therapy, it takes you a while to kind of sink into, maybe some people don't, maybe some people right away are able to spill all, but it took me a while to be comfortable. I was always comfortable, but go a deeper level of comfort of the underneath stuff, not just here's the problems, how do we solve them? But here's how these problems are making me feel. And I think it took, once I was able to be really honest and that took a while, I felt like a lot of um, progress happened. Okay. No, it does take time. That's um, actually a really good point. That brings up another, um, another question, actually, another discussion that I wanted to talk about is that therapy is just, it's not a short term quick fix. And I think the last episode, I, I was joking that I said, I just wanted 50 minutes. I wanted to go in. I wanted her to give me this, this homework and say, okay, this is what you need to do. And now move on. Um, and it just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It is actual work and it can be emotional <laughs> and it is uncomfortable and personal change often accompanies therapy. And we learn I at least I have learned to challenge my own behaviors and I have to change and I have to adapt. And personally, the hardest part for me was I had to confront trauma and I realized that I had to dig up things that I had buried really deep. And for me personally, a lot of why I didn't want to cry or a lot of reasons why I didn't want to go was not so much that. Like I had said, it wasn't until I, you know, earlier, whenever at the beginning of this episode, I said it, I had everything to lose, including my marriage. It really wasn't my marriage that I was, I felt like I was going to lose. I think it was more of, I was going to lose my version of myself in that marriage because I had constructed this perfect wife that had no baggage that she brought. And I think my husband, if he's listening right now, is laughing hysterically because he's like, no, we had been carrying around that baggage for quite a while. You just didn't realize that I was helping you carry it. You know, that you can only hide it for so long. But I hadn't shared why that baggage was the way it was. And I think when you go, I think, you know, Amy and I have similar, we we had joked um, not really. I mean, I think it was more ironically that there's been times where at least I've been sitting in therapy where I've been telling a story about trauma and my therapist has these bug eyes where she's like, okay, we're going to finish this, but I would like to go back to that because that's something we need to discuss. And I was like, that's not even the trauma I was talking about. <laughs> that's not even the issue. Um, and I think that's the that was something I didn't expect, but I think that that is a wonderful part of it. And I think when part of my part, part of my managing my expectations going into therapy is that I have to be open. I go in now thinking, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm mm-hmm. going to have this that I want to talk about, but I know chances are we're not going to probably talk about that (laughs) unless it's something that I really, really need to get off my chest because chances are it's going to take a whole different divergent. uh, And that's okay. So I think part of it is understanding that it might not be what we expect. Um, 
And that's okay. So and I don't know if that makes sense, but how has therapy been for you compared to what you expected, I guess is what I'm, and I'd just like to talk about how we manage our expectations now. Is it, do you have certain habits before you go in? Do you have routines? Do you de- have to decompress when you come out? I know mine is very emotional. I shut down whenever I get emotional. I tend to, mm-hmm. I-, I tend to shut down. I tend to go off on my own. Um, and that's not always good whenever you have family and loved ones. So I have to go for a cup of coffee or I have to go for a walk. I have certain things that I need to do to get my my mind straight after it, especially if it's emotional. Do you guys have things like that? I Well, I would say prior to, I see my therapist, <laughs> Dr. Becky, who I call adult supervision inside my head. <laughs> my, David, David, my husband calls her that too. I, I'm a pretty regular journaler, so I will write in the margin, Dr. B, Dr. B, mm-hmm. you know, like I'll write things over the course of the month and then I'll go back and go, here's the things that I think I want to talk to her about. But you're right, Sarah. It goes the direction it goes. And that's okay. I think, I think that is part of it. It doesn't always, you know, I'll come in mm-hmm. with this problem, but she'll point something out to me that I'm like, oh, here's the problem behind the problem, or here's my thinking behind the problem. And yeah. that, so I'm pretty, um, I go in prepared. <laughs> Usually, um, I used to go in with a whole list and say, here's what we're talking about. And she probably rolled her eyes like, calm down. <laughs> we're getting her done. Um, I'm a one on the Enneagram in case anyone can't tell. Um, <laughs> so, um, so that's how I prepare because I always am nervous. I won't have anything to say, which is hilarious. Let's <laughs> just look at all the things that goes yeah. on on the regular in my life. <laughs> so, anyway, that's how I prepare. And. I'm similar to Amy in that I'm learning to pay attention to um, just in between my last two appointments, I had an evening where just all these tears and anger and frustration was kind of coming out of nowhere and, and grief. And I couldn't necessarily figure out what it was, but it's, it's just paying attention to, you know, if, if you react a certain way to your children or your spouse it's probably linked to the story behind the story. Mm-hmm. Chances are it's not really, you know, caring for your child or something your husband said. It's triggering something from your past that you need to deal with. And so I'm learning to pay attention to that and like Amy, write it down in a journal and take that in and say, help me unpack this because this is, I can't figure out what this is and where this is coming from. And then to answer your other question, I usually, I'm a crier by nature. I just have very big feelings and I always have. And I have learned to, on the days that I see my counselor, to try to schedule it either at a time when I don't have anything right after, Mm -hmm. just to give myself some space. Or if it's possible, you know, that evening, whether it's a walk or an exercise or, you know, a bath or whatever it is, something that I show kindness to my body mm-hmm. and even just drinking water. I mean, when you're mm-hmm. crying a lot and and dealing with things, you need to drink a lot of water. You need to just take care of yourself. And I think those were things I didn't really understand until I started working through my story and then also yeah. seeing somebody. I think for me, I would... Like you said, just kind of taking care of yourself. And you mentioned something, Carrie, of after your appointments, it 
made me remember there was a time where you and I were supposed to have an appointment and you're like, well, I don't know because I have my my appointment or whatever. And I push back on you and I'm like, you don't need to be there. That's fine. Why don't I do this one by myself? And then just yesterday, yeah. um, Amy sent me a Marco Polo and she said, I... It, have you seen your therapist lately? (laughs) I was like, no, but I just (laughs) called her. I haven't seen her for months. Like, so I think part of managing the expectations and part of managing your, your progress is it is long-term and there are be, there are going to be times where it's okay to go a few months where you might, life comes at life comes at you. You might not be able to make it or Mm -hmm. something happens. Um, well, you know, we just went through with my mom with having cancer and, you know, and it wasn't that. It just life came at me very quickly with a lot of different things. But have people in your life that will kind of say, have you seen, what did you call yours? What did you call <laughs> Becky, Amy? Adult supervision inside my head. <laughs> so I call mine, she untangles the knots. So I'm like, I, I picture my brain as this big ball of yarn. And so she's just going in there and she's just working on the knots <laughs> and she has to work on it a lot. So, um, you know, th- so she just, she untangles my knots and that's what, to mm-hmm. me, that's what it feels mm-hmm. like. And um, so have people that aren't afraid to say, hey, have you gone in lately? And then I love Carrie, that you said sometimes it's drinking water, you know, go for a mm-hmm. walk, make sure it's okay. Take a nap. Tell your family, hey, I I saw Becky today. We're having cereal. <laughs> like, it's okay. It, it is yeah. exhausting. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean yeah. you're lazy. It doesn't mean that you're taking the easy way out. These are huge. And it is, it's taking care of yourself and nobody else needs to understand. And I think it goes back to what we said in one of the earlier episodes. I can't remember which one it was, but your trauma is your trauma. Your therapy is your therapy. Your experience is your yeah. experiences. And nobody else needs to accept them. Nobody else needs to understand them. Um, my childhood was not my sister's childhood. Her childhood was not mine. Um, and if I had a di- if I had a difficult time in a part of my childhood, it is not doesn't mean it's my mom's fault. It does not mean it was my sister's fault. It does not mean it was mine. And it just means that we're working through some things because we're human. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think managing those expectations when you walk in is pretty, is Mm -hmm. important. And also you said it's exhausting, but I also want to say there's times when it's so clarifying. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's not exhausting every time. There are lots of times it is, but it, because I don't want to scare people away. Sometimes I'm like, ah, I just needed to be in this room to realize this thing. And sometimes right. our beloved Dr. Becky doesn't even say anything too profound. It's just space for me. And I'll go, oh, I have clarity now. And I think when you're in the space of seeing someone, I've even had just little mm-hmm. epiphanies yeah. outside of that. Because I'll write something down that she says, or she'll say, well, try this question with your kids. Mm-hmm. And it's just very simple. But then it's very profound at the same time. And I notice that I'm better relating to those people around me as this benefit because I'm seeing yeah, her. I'm really glad you said that, yeah. Amy. I'm glad you, that you clarified that because it isn't always exhausting. I had one particular thing in mind. But like I, I have another one after you said that where 
I went in and I went in, man, I was hot because I was mad <laughs> at something somebody said to me. I took offense to it. I took a personal. I was really upset, actually. I wasn't really so much mad as I just, I was, I just was hurt. And I went in and she really got to the, the heart of the matter of why I was hurt. It really had nothing to do with what this person said. And it had something to do with past yeah. trauma. And I realized that I hadn't dealt with something that I needed to deal with. And I walked out feeling so much lighter. And I was like, oh, it really wasn't anything to deal with mm-hmm. that. And I, I think it just was mm-hmm. so freeing because I was like, I had let, I had held on to something that I didn't even know I was holding on to. Right. I was carrying around something right. that I did not have to even hold on to anymore. And that's one of the wonderful things that you can, you can walk in and think, I didn't realize I could expect that out of therapy or counseling is that yeah. you can learn to let go of things. And like Amy, you had said, I have an agenda sometimes whenever I walk into these things. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to talk about this, 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 and this, and this. And I walk out and I'm like, we're never going to get to it. <laughs> because like four months later, I'm like, we haven't even touched. I, I don't We haven't even touched on my childhood yet. <laughs> and that's good. It's good because they're getting to what's most important if you, if you right. have the right one. So, yeah. You started off the series with quoting mm-hmm. your BFF, Brene Brown, and I think it's, she said, yeah, clarity is absolutely. kindness, mm-hmm. right? And and that's what a, a good counselor can do is help just shine yeah. a light on different yeah. and things. That, and, and that it's quote, very kind. for me, the, the vulnerability was the hardest. And that was, the quote is, vulnerability yeah. sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they're never weaknesses. And for me, coming off weak is the scariest thing for Mm -hmm. me. Feeling like I'm weak and making and putting my vulnerability out there because that has been manipulated so many times in my life. The emotional manipulation is the scariest thing for me. So I shut down. I I don't open myself up to that. And that was why Brene, because we're on first name basis. She doesn't know it yet, (laughs) but we are. Um, But that is... That's it. And I think when you manage those, that's, I think, why we're talking about managing expectations is you can walk in. And I think it's more or less not managing expectations. That's maybe what it more or less should be called is you don't have to manage expectations. You just get to walk in and let them manage it for you. And that is, that's really freeing. You have an open-handed posture. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, there's a quote by Henry David Thoreau too that says, "Not until we are lost do we begin to understand ourselves." And I love, mm-hmm. I always think of that too because I'm like, that's really when we yeah. begin to truly figure it all out. Yeah, so. that's good. All right, well, this was a great, another great discussion. Thank you guys so much for being so open, and like to let our listeners know again if there is anything that resonated or if anything that you wanted to talk to us about, please reach out to us. Um, you can reach out, reach out to us collectively or individually at takeheartspecialmoms at gmail We'd love to hear from you, and I'm going to close this out in prayer. Father God, thank you for your love, your understanding your resources, your guidance, and the ability to seek understanding of the vast emotions that we have inside of these remarkable bodies that you have created. And God, I pray that we take the time to get to know the real child that you have created so that we may understand you better. And under all of these emotions, all of our struggles and all of our doubts and confusion, you are with us and you are part of this and you are our healing. 
And may we continue to dig to understand ourselves more so that we may understand you. Amen. If you would like to partner with us as we encourage special needs moms and families, please consider donating to our mission. Click the link at the bottom of our show notes titled Support the Show. We thank you in advance for helping us bring hope, joy, and connection to our listeners.